Sabian, it is a genuine pleasure to have you here. Um, I don't actually know you that well, um, although I certainly know you a bit better now. We've mm -hmm. spent a bit of time talking and a bit of time getting to know each other. Um, and uh, I feel like I've learned a lot about you, um, but some people might not know you that well here. Um, I think some people do, but for those of you uh, out there who don't, um, Sabian, give us a little intro to who you are. Okay, so I'm Sabian. Um, I currently work as an IT technician at Northgate High School in Ipswich. Um, I've been a Christian uh, for six years, although I was brought up in a Christian family, so I've been in and around church for that entire time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a bit of a geek uh, for the podcast listeners. I'm sitting here in a Super Mario hoodie. Um, so, yeah, that's, a, that's me. Yeah. Super Mario, very good. Have you got the recent Super Mario game though? I haven't. I haven't even bought a Nintendo Switch, which is really, really and upsetting. You call yourself a geek. I know, I know. Shame. That's sad. I have already put money down for my PS5 though, so that is probably worse. Okay, right. <laughs> very good. Well, in any case, um, Sabian, it is a pleasure to have you here with us uh, tonight. Um, and we are going to talk about uh, life uh, without uni. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, I think for many of us sitting here, probably at some point or another, uni has kind of crossed our mind and we've thought about, oh yeah, we should probably go to uni and actually it's something that I'd like to do and it's something that all my friends are doing and it's yeah. something that almost I feel like socially obliged to do. Yeah, definitely. But that wasn't the story for you. So um, let's start kind of at the beginning because I think uh, from our discussion, mm -hmm. I, I, I really got a sense that this kind of starts a bit earlier than just you know, ah, I came to the end of my sixth form and then suddenly I had the choice to make. So can you sort of talk us through what was going on around sort of the time of sixth form and, and your experience of that? Yeah, so for my entire sixth form was quite quite a difficult time. Um, my ASs I found very stressful because um, not only was I doing my, AS, my ASs, I was also learning sign language on um, outside of school. Um, so I, was, I had a lot of pressures edu educationally and then I had kind of, outside activities that I kind of dived into. Um, but it was actually in my two year that I felt like my life was kind of falling apart a little bit. So uh, it started off with me losing my grandfather, um, mm. which I found really difficult. And the realization of how much he meant to me didn't really kind of manifest until he was not there. Mm. Um, and sort of the things that played out in my life um, after then. and the things that I wanted to be able to do and say to him, I, I missed the opportunity. Mm. So that was really tough for me. Um, and then I kind of got into a series of, of bad relationships. I got cheated on twice um, in the course of a year. Um, I also lost my grandmother, like not so long after losing my grandfather, which um, I, although I wasn't as close, is obviously an incredibly difficult mm. time. And I'd never, I'd never lost anyone close to me. I'd never yeah. experienced bereavement. Mm. Um, so, it was a lot going into that. I then had um, a really poor mocks. So mm. I put loads of pressure on myself, loads of stress on myself, um, became a bit of a recluse, took myself away from the world and basically fell into a pit of depression uh, and anxiety. And it's something that I don't think people are very aware of. And it's mm. kind of something that I've had to explain to a few people recently. Um, mm. Because so, I, want to, I want to explain it because I want to help people with those so same situations. That's quite interesting because we haven't actually talked about that. So is it something that now you look back on and you think, oh, wow, that, that was a time in my life which was so much more than what I made it out to be 
and that it really kind of affected me in a way that I didn't realise until recently? Or? I, I think at the time I didn't think anything of it mm. because everyone goes through periods of relationship breakdown. Yeah. Everyone goes through periods of bereavement um, and everyone finds it hard. Everyone yeah. really struggles through those moments. That's that's totally normal. Um, it's It's okay to feel sad in those moments. In fact... It's good to feel sad in those moments because um, it's kind of a, an outpouring of, of your emotion. But I don't think it was like literally every single month something broke down. Yeah. And I'd never, ever experienced that. I'd kind of been born in a family which was quite, you know, it, they were relatively well off. I'd, I'd always had a bit of a silver spoon in my mouth. I, I, you know, nothing was ever really difficult to achieve and then all of a sudden everything just fell apart from yeah. underneath me yeah. and I didn't I just didn't know what to do yeah and I just broke yeah broke. yeah so you know in that brokenness I think I sort of talked to you a bit about this and is was it apparent to you at that point because you said you brought you were brought mm-hmm. up in a, in a Christian yeah. family you know at that point what would your faith look like was it kind of hanging by a thread or was it kind of essentially dead or, or was it kind of somewhere in between mm. or I would say it was somewhere in between so 15 and 16 I sort of started to really strengthen and really explore the idea of faith um, and started getting some amazing answers to questions about things like heaven mm. um, and creation and evolution things that obviously are real when you're in school they're kind of really thought there's there's two very distinct answers that clash and I started getting answers that actually meant that some of the ideas and concepts could actually interlink mm. and that was really exciting for me so I wouldn't say that my favorite fully started but it was starting it, it was starting on a journey um, and although I'd prayed I wasn't someone that was consistent with my prayer I wasn't someone that um, decided to jump to the bible for yeah. answers I would go to people I would look on the internet I would take myself into a video game that was my mm. my technique not yeah to you know go into my faith yeah so obviously your faith is was at a kind of a bit of a sort of shaky mm-hmm. point despite some of the sort of answers you were getting um and understandably so i think whenever something like that would happen to you you start to question why is this happening and what is the purpose in all of this pain and mm-hmm. suffering that i'm going through and all the, all the people that i love are going through um so you said actually um that you had a couple of relationships that failed yeah um and think that sort of kind of spiraled into what you described as like a a sort of depression and Mm -hmm. anxiety about A-levels. So um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about sort of how all of those things that kind of happened kind of led to um, sort of quite a dramatic kind of A-level sort of period in your life? Yeah, I guess I was just making the wrong decisions. I don't don't want any pity for the decisions that I make. I don't expect anyone to say oh you know it's really sad that you went through that because actually a lot of it was it was my own fault like obviously Mm. the bereavements is not my fault and I cannot take that on on myself um but I was making the wrong decisions at the time I was picking the wrong people to date but you still don't expect it to like fail that badly Mm. and when you know I literally couldn't wish someone being cheated on ever Mm. like literally to my worst enemy because it just it makes you feel disgusting it makes you feel unwanted it makes you feel not good enough Mm. for it to happen twice with like literally within I think it was six months Mm. um with two different people it was just like 
I, I literally felt worthless. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's probably another problem that I had with my faith because it kind of, I was hearing all these joyful things in church and I wasn't making the connection to being loved yeah. as being possible. Mm. You know, it was like, I am I'm not able to be loved for yeah. some for whatever reason because this keeps on happening. Yeah. So that yeah. was really tough. Yeah. And that's something that I think we probably all experience at some point yeah. or another in our life mm-hmm. that, you know, because church can often be this very happy kind yes, of, definitely. you know, uh, joyful place where we're kind of singing these songs mm. of praise and it's all great and good and everything's positive and especially the worship music yeah, that, and, and it is, you know, it that you and I be. will listen it to. It's, it's chiefly about that. Of course, there is stuff there yes. that is about pain, it's about suffering and it's about actually, you know, about holding on throughout, mm. you know, those tough times. But I suppose when you're like 15, 16, 17 and you're experiencing these relationship breakdowns exactly. where you place so much emphasis on what people think of you mm-hmm. on you know your success in a relationship yeah. that must have been absolutely devastating just completely yeah. yeah well I think what I said to you is you know your sick form years and your and your uni years if you choose or sort of just after your sick form years college years I think is the time that you start to really discover you mm. yourself as a person yeah. um, certainly that's what I felt it was like I think when you're in school it's it's very much a regiment that you're you're made to do yes yeah. obviously you select your options and stuff but realistically you're you're in a, a routine that everyone does yeah obviously once you get to sick form that's a routine that you have chosen and mm. you're having to fulfill that yourself and you start to discover yourself mm. so if in your time of discovery like me all these negative things are happening your discovery is very negative yeah. and i think that's where why it was such a challenge for me yeah so, you know, you have this really tough time during mm-hmm. sixth form and you go through bereavement and relationship breakdown and that causes obviously, you know, a, a sort of depression in yeah. your life and anxiety about, you know, A-levels and things like that. And I think, you know, when we're at, you know, uh, sixth form mm-hmm. or just education in general, nowadays there's so much pressure placed yes. on people. Yeah, you've, got to, you've got to do the absolute best you can and if you don't achieve what you're, what you're meant to achieve, then you're somehow yeah. less than what you could have been and that, you know, actually it's the be all and end and you know the narrative you know working as a teacher myself I'm very wary of that when I'm working with young people is that you know you want the best for them but sometimes you know the system makes it so that actually it ends up becoming Mm -hmm. quite you know pressured for the young people and they feel like essentially a piece of you know whatever it says on a piece of paper you know assigns them some sort of value definitely so I think that's probably, is it fair to say what you were yeah, going 100%, through Yeah, well? 100%. And that's where, why I found myself in a position, you know, long before A-levels actually ended, that's like, I'm not going through education anymore. Ironically, I've worked in schools ever since, but um, I was just not in an academic mind so is, frame. Is that genuinely what you thought? Like, right, I'm done with I'm done, done with, with education. education as a concept, as mm. a vocation, everything. Like, I just, I wanted... I wanted out of education. Mm. And was that linked to the fact that you felt like you hadn't succeeded as, as much as you probably. wanted to? Or it was just probably, because it was a miserable time? or It was probably a, a mixture of all kinds of things. It wasn't a very pleasant situation actually in my A-levels. I didn't have like lots of friends that really spoke life into me. Mm. Um, so, I mean, for the, we had a question just before um, for the podcast listeners that said, uh, how many high school friends are you still in touch with and I'm literally in touch with none of them mm. and it's not necessarily their fault or my fault it's just I didn't feel that those relationships were beneficial to me mm. um, 
and in some cases they were negative yeah and I think it's very it's difficult to see that there in the yeah, moment 100%. until later you realise and you know it's interesting I've, I've sort of recently reconnected with some people from high school and I was saying just to Josh a moment ago like how it's bizarre that after 10 years so much of us, us you know we're still the same people yeah. we've just we've just got married and we've you know, had children and got jobs <laughs> yeah, and, but we basically dress the same speak the same still have the same jokes still have the same interests mm -hmm. so it can it can be the case as well yeah, that you definitely. do have those relationships there, but there's, equally there's relationships that I had when I was super close to people don't even talk to yeah, them anymore no. and it's like where did that go wrong and how and why and it just happens there is there is a couple of guys that do message me occasionally ask me how I'm doing or, or I message them if I see something on Facebook or Instagram of yeah. something really exciting that they do and just sort of you know say this is amazing like congratulations or whatever it is um, and we have a little conversation and that's really easy mm. but I wouldn't go out and say that they are like really yeah. close friends so okay so kind of secondary education you know secondary yeah. education comes to an end you're finished with it mm -hmm. you decide it's not for me you know I don't want to go into further education yeah. like that must have been really difficult because everybody's telling you you've got to go to yeah, university yeah. you've got to go and you've got to have a plan you've got to have something sorted out like mm -hmm. if you don't go to uni you're missing out and yeah. nowadays especially like if you don't you know enjoy what everyone else is enjoying you're somehow missing out and you're kind of left behind so yeah. Is that something that was going through your head at that point that like, you know, I'm missing out, all my mates are going, I'm not going, and why am I not going? Or? It, it genuinely crossed my mind that the only reason that I would go to university was to experience university life. Mm. And when that crossed my mind, I realized I definitely shouldn't be going to uni mm. because if that's the only reason that you're deciding to go, then that's not the reason to go. You're, you know, mm. you, you need to go to, to grow as a person, you need to go as, to um, potentially further a career. I need to stress, if you do not want to go to uni, that's absolutely fine. And mm. if you go to uni and you find out for whatever reason that it's not for you, that is absolutely fine. I've got so many friends that either haven't gone to uni or felt like they haven't succeeded in uni for whatever reason and go on to have incredibly successful careers, mm. um, incredibly, incredibly fulfilling lives mm. um, thereafter. But at the time, like you say, it's pushed on you like it's an absolute must-have. Like, you must have a degree. Mm. Otherwise, you can't be one of the highest-paid earners in the country or, you know, whatever. You can't have a fulfilling career. And there are some vocations that, obviously, you need a degree, like um, nursing, something like that. You, yeah. you have to realistically go in yeah. with a degree. Um, but I think they're structured slightly differently. Yeah, sure. So you kind of start looking for jobs and you start kind of looking around and seeing what other options you have. And, yeah. you know, you said, kind of jokingly, that you ended up back in education in yeah, some yeah. way. So could you sort of talk to that and what you do now? Because I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but you, you did do a different job yeah, and yeah. now you're doing slightly, something slightly different. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about the end of sixth form and how it changed? or? Uh, yeah, sure. If you want. So to. obviously in negative space, I want to end that because it... I had an amazing experience at something called Soul Survivor, which unfortunately doesn't run anymore. The last one this year, um, which is a Christian festival. Um, so obviously I was in a very, very dark place. Um, and I actually remember sitting in a, in a, in a session. Um, I was actually sitting next to Alice, um, who is here. Um, and there was a, the session started and Mike, who leads it, sort of said that he was just gonna not do his talk. He felt mm. like God was telling him not to do the talk. Uh, he just wanted to, sort of focus on healing that evening and um, 
he said that there was a, a couple that had had some bad news mm. and they, that he wanted them to run to the front um, and be prayed for by the enabling team, which is just a, t- a team of people that pray over them like once they've explained their situation. Um, and sure enough, this couple run past. And I just, she probably doesn't even remember it, but I said to Alice, I was like, have you ever experienced anything like this? Have you ever exper- experienced like Christian faith in this way? Mm. And she was like, not, not personally um i've kind of witnessed it i was like all right okay it's, it's a bit different i just remember sitting there and just praying um and because i was in a really really dodgy place i was just like god look you know what situation i'm in i don't want to be here hmm. um i'm literally kind of at the end of myself i've had the worst breakup ever um i just have no self-worth like i'm kind of done with my life you can have it hmm. um if it means that there's something good to come of it and uh, Mike Pilavachi, the speaker, just goes, right, there's this guy who doesn't want to be here. He's just gone through a really bad breakup. <laughs> I don't want him to run to the front and be prayed for. And there's 12,000 people in this big top. And I just look up. I remember literally sitting there because I'd like had my eyes closed looking up and I'm willing someone else to get up. I'm yeah. like hoping someone else will get up, run to the front and be prayed for. No one gets up. There's screens all around. The cameras are like searching for this person that's going to end up going to the front. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Are you serious? This is me. Yeah. Like, this is me. Um, so I went up to the front, got prayed for and completely changed my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Wholeheartedly changed my life. So, for the better. Yeah, so I mean, this is like a fascinating story and I'm so grateful that mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you know, took the time to tell it because I think it's it's it, it's such a, obviously, yeah. t- a huge turning point mm-hmm. in your life, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. But I'm always kind of curious about these sort of stories in, in terms of like what actually is going on in that moment. So, yeah. you know, he says this and is there any kind of inclination of that, like he might have had this information given to, or is it that he did, Not, he just, was he on stage and he was just like, I've received this kind of, you know, kind of message that, you know, there is somebody who needs this praying for, or was it kind of... I mean, he's speaking out in faith. You yeah. Know, he's believing that this, that this is happening. And I've, I've been in situations where people have done that in churches and it, and no one has reacted or no yeah. one has, um, and I've obviously been a part of a, an experience where mm. it's spoken li- like literally to me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there was room for skepticism there mm. because obviously he could essentially be saying anything. It's quite a, a generalization in that moment. Yeah. But because it was so specific in every single word that I said, mm. for me, that was a guarantee that. God existed for me personally. So you go up on stage and you're there mm-hmm. and they're praying for you. You've got yeah. 12,000 people. Yeah. So everyone's just looking straight at you <laughs> and you, you must be kind of dazzled by the lights and things well, like in that. In all fairness, do you know what? Once I started getting prayed for, no one else existed. It was a very, very surreal situation. Right, so this is what I mean. It's like, so what are you experiencing at that point? You know, Just, I mean, healing in the end of it. Like I, I walked away from there just feeling like, I didn't have to worry about this depression. Didn't mm. have to worry about this anxiety. Um, well, at the time, I didn't realize I had anxiety and depression. It was never like a clinical thing. Mm. But the situations that I was putting myself in, the harm that I was doing to yeah. myself, I, I I know what it is. I've been been surrounded by mm. that in my life enough to know. Um, and yeah, so although it wasn't a full healing of depression and anxiety, it was a full healing of um, 
the harm that I was trying to cause to myself. Mm. And that was, that was an amazing turning point. And obviously it allowed me to go on and, and have as what I think is a, a f- fledging successful career. Yeah. So um, it's fascinating because I'm, I'm curious, you know, we often in church talk about the Holy Spirit as mm-hmm. well. Is that one of the moments where you kind of had a tangible sort of experience of what we Christians will call, you know, the Holy yeah. Spirit? Well, I mean, obviously going and not having this decision, not going to uni, mm. um, I found myself three months after sick form kind of looking around. I didn't have a job. My job had ended in um, the summer. Um, not really knowing where I was, obviously, because mm. I didn't have this plan. I didn't have this uni. Um, and so, I, you know, I was looking for jobs and I was being very unsuccessful. And then I just decided to pray. And I was like, God, you know, I, I desperately need something here. And I ended up looking on Suffolk jobs uh, for a TA job, um, which I applied for. I was unsuccessful, but the school called me up and they um, wanted to meet me. So I went in and chatted with the, the teacher, um, teacher of the deaf, because um, it was a hearing impairment unit within the school. And she was like, we, there's no jobs, but we'd really like if you could come in and volunteer for a little bit because we want to see what you're like because there's the potential for a job later on in the year. Mm. So I was like, all right, okay, I'm kind of burning money at this point, but, you know, if it's it's going to look good on a CV, great. Yeah. Um, so I went and I volunteered for about two months mm. and it got to the end and I was just chatting to my mum. I was like, look, this, this has to end. I have no, like nearly no money. Mm. I can't even like afford to drive to the, the school um, at this point. Right. And um, I'm like... I don't really know what to do. And she's like, let's, let's just pray about it. And mm. so I prayed again um, with my mum and, and we were like, look, we just need a resolution. We need either a job, mm-hmm. like a successful job application, um, you know, kind of looking for a miracle really at this mm. point. And um, I literally walked in the next day and the teacher of deaf walks up to me and says, look, we want to give you a contract to, to work here. It's three days a week. Mm. Um, but, we also really want to back pay all of the work that you've done. So I have two months, I wasn't working every day, but I had two months worth of work being back paid on top of my contract. It was still difficult because I had to get to the end of January to get that first paycheck. But for me, that was, that was an intercede, um, that was God, you know, getting involved and interceding. interceding, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, might appear like a coincidence to some people but for me that was just god well of course there's that thing that you know um is often said in kind of christian circles um and i forget the person who kind of coined the phrase but you know when when i pray you know coincidences yeah coincidences happen and when i don't mm-hmm. they don't and exactly I think, and i think that's that certainly i i think has been true in my life as well mm-hmm. when, when it's come to finances you know people in here will know as i've had you know discussions with them about things like mission about money and about saving up and you know you've sometimes worried and worried about something and suddenly you get an answer in a way yeah. that you didn't really expect yeah, no. at a time that you didn't really think was going to be right and 100%. also also sometimes like counter to what you thought was right for you yeah. and um you know I've, I've i've had a kind of a couple of those instances we were just talking about when mm. i when i became a teacher yeah. um so i was really struggling you know when i was doing my pgc to become a teacher i was basically in february of 2013 like going through a bit of like a mental breakdown because it was going you know three hours every day to to get to this school one one and a half hours there one and a half hours back 
carpooling with somebody and having to like you know work ages and ages planning lessons no social life whatsoever it was miserable mm. there were nights where i only sleep four hours because i was just so wracked with kind of anxiety yeah. and stress about school and uh you know i, I go for this long shot of a job yeah. here in suffolk and don't even know anything about suffolk or about east anglia let alone the school i was going to and I'm like, okay, God, like, and I wasn't, it's funny because I wasn't even actually going to church at that point. I, oh, really? No, I wasn't going to church. No, I was, I was basically like, I would say I was probably agnostic at that point. Okay. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if there's a God. I'm not really interested mm. anymore. I'm just like, I'm trying to make it all on my own, off my own back, you know? And yeah, I guess so. Like, I don't know if I prayed necessarily, but at a certain point I was kind of like, I'm going to do the best I can. Yeah. And if I get it, I get it. And if mm -hmm. I don't, I'm just going to give up because I just needed a lifeline there and then. Yeah, I and suppose it felt very similar to yeah, me at this point. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, sometimes you need that lifeline, don't you? Yeah. And then it comes just when everything is so, like, bleak. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, this can't... For me, at this moment, obviously, there's a bigger context. But for me, at this moment, right now, everything is just yeah, going 100%. terribly. And then suddenly something happens and... I think there's a term, it's like a you catastrophe, um, which one of my favorite authors, Tolkien, kind of coined. It's like mm. when everything is going horribly, at just when everything is going to turn bad forever, it just switches and yeah. everything is good again. Yeah. And that was what I had when I it was, was incredible. When I got the job on the way back yeah. from the train from well, Suffolk. The thing is, like, I'm literally going through one circumstance where I'm like, my, my life is falling apart. Like, yeah. This, and like I you, have no, I have and, nowhere to go to, yeah. and to oh my goodness, I have, I have a focus now, and that's yeah. what we said. You know, you yeah. start to have a focus, something that you can really strive towards, and that's and, amazing. And that also, that at that time, that must have been such a huge reassurance because whilst you're seeing your friends, you know, at university yeah. and things like that, and you're thinking like, okay, but I want a life here yeah, as well, yeah, and that's okay. But why is it? Why am I not getting where I need to yeah. get? And even just having enough money to get mm -hmm. from place A to place B. Yeah, exactly. That must have been like just a huge yeah, relief. Yeah, it was and freedom. Just to prayer. Like knowing that you've you've got money coming in the bank to to, to just live like normally. Like yeah. it's just it's such a. I think. Yeah, like I said, kind of earlier because I never had a struggle. When it got to a point where I did have a struggle, I didn't know how to cope. Mm. So my appreciation of just having a monthly wage was mm. was yeah. extreme. Like I, I looked after that money so well. Yeah. Um, you know, still had I still had money troubles. Like it wasn't yeah. an amazing wage. It was you know it's a, a first job, and I'm starting out. I was still doing my training um, in the evening, so I was yeah. Yeah. Uh, a very fledging career in, yeah. in sign language but it was it was amazing yeah totally so I, I really want to dig into this a little bit more this kind of fear of missing out mm -hmm. you know otherwise yeah. we'll call it you know FOMO or whatever yeah um, which I think is totally valid because I think nowadays especially for like uh, our generation we are so kind of in, in some ways kind of glued to you know, our screens, whatever yeah. that may be, be it a laptop, be it mm -hmm. our phones, be it, you know, TV screens, whatever. And so we derive a lot of our self-worth and value and contact with people through screens. Yeah. And as we know from, I'm sure you've been, you know, in church because you go to fields and like, I'm sure you've probably done like social media, like series yeah, before yeah, and things like that. And, you know, we've done that at The Forge as well. And, and in that, you know, we've talked a lot about how you end up comparing yourself to people yeah, in a really unhealthy way. And, 
and, and it's this kind of window that you look through and you see everything's beautiful and edited into this kind of nicely yeah. compact kind of image of somebody's life and it leaves out everything else. Yeah, you have definitely. no idea what's going on in their life except that moment, that time. And of course, no one's going to share something of them being absolutely miserable, mm, especially exactly. especially 100%. at uni, because everyone's like, well, we're going out. It's like Freshers' yeah. Week. We're going to have loads of drinks. Everything is rose-tinted yeah, glasses. Exactly, right? No one so, posts the picture of the morning, like literally after, the next right? morning yeah. after when somebody's like, got their head in a toilet. You know, yeah. you know the guy's thrown up in his bed the next morning yeah. on Freshers' Week, or the yeah. girl's like yeah. forgot to take her makeup off and is strewn all over her pillowcase. Yeah. Like, no one's posted that no. picture on Instagram. So, with that in mind, like, <laughs> I'm always kind of curious, like how, when you're kind of at, you know, at home, you're, you're kind of getting your job sorted and you're kind of going about your, your normal life and everyone's off at uni, mm -hmm. especially people that, you know, you know, here in the room today. And like, how does that affect, you know, your relationships? How does that affect your, like your idea of who you are as a kind of 20 something yeah. year old, like living here in Suffolk, which is, is a lovely place, but mm -hmm. let's be honest, it's not the most like, kind of socially oh, no, active hub not. in the world you know no. so what what's going on in your mind and in your life at that point it was it was difficult because I kind of found myself in between two age groups I found myself in between guys and girls that were older than me that were kind of like not settling down but they they'd already had a career for say three or four years they'd already maybe done uni and you know they were into a career so they were they were getting settled getting money together and then I had certain friends that were like two or three years younger than me um, that obviously their maturity wasn't the same level. Yeah. Um, but like they were people that were, I was actually able to communicate with because they were, they were close. I could have face-to-face -face conversations with. So it was a very odd balance and it, it, it really is tricky. Um, and one of my biggest mistakes that we'll chat about later is is kind of not having that communication with the people that mm. were my age. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest regrets, Dan, he's here today. We just did not communicate nearly as much as we should have done when mm. we were at uni. And that is like massively my fault. The mm. the worst thing about it is it took his his dad, unfortunately, having a heart attack, which he... He, re he recovered from, but that was the point that we started mm. messaging a bit more yeah. and started communicating more. And that's really sad. That's mm. like, that shouldn't be the, the way mm. it is. There should have been that support network the entire time at uni, mm. not just when things were going bad. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was difficult being kind mm. of like, we joked about it being home alone, um, yeah. being just like left by everyone. <laughs> um, and you kind of have to find your way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I got through it. Yeah. So um, let's talk about that then. Some of the practical steps that you would advise for yeah. people, because I think what we try and do here is whenever we interview someone, we really try and kind of needle down to exactly like what is it that, you know, you and your experience, you know, found to be really useful. Um, of course, with hindsight as well, looking mm -hmm. back on it and thinking about like, I wish I'd done that at this point or done yeah, that at yeah. this point. And, and I think that's what we try and draw out mm -hmm. of it. So, um, I don't, you seem to have the, the practical yeah. steps in front of you, so that's good. Um, I was just worried that you would have got so. But in any case, um, should we should we start with the first one? So we, we talked a little bit about starting the conversation. Yeah, well, like I just sort of alluded to, I think it's very easy for us to kind of be sitting there thinking, I'm not going to text this person because I'm worried I'm either going to annoy them, they're going to be busy, perhaps they don't think about me that much. Um, do they even care anymore? And I think you, you kind of get yourself in a spiral of negative thoughts when actually 
in the time that you've just thought about it, you could probably send a paragraph to them saying, look, thinking about you, hope you're okay, really love to hear from you. And um, the first step of starting a conversation is so important because nine times out of 10, the person at the other end of that phone mm. is having the same thoughts as you are. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know if I need to message that person. I don't know if um, they're still thinking about me as like as much as I'm thinking about them. If they yeah. still care, are they praying about me? I, you know, and and actually, just having starting that conversation is amazing. Mm. Um, one of the best things that I did while my friends were at uni is I actually drove around the UK and went and saw them. Not everyone's in that position. Yeah, absolutely amazing though to see loads of different cities. Um, yeah. I saw Dan at university. I saw Megan, who's here, um, and it was incredible. Yeah. Um, just like to experience um, what their life was like. Yeah, um, just get like a slice of it. Yeah, exactly. For a little bit. But yeah. you can get some of that through just a Skype call and hearing about their day mm. or or a text conversation. It's so important mm. to just be investing in people's lives. Yeah, um, and there are going to be times when they need you and there's going to be times when you need them. Yeah. And it's good to have a constant stream of conversation rather than it just being like when the negative things yeah. happen. And that's a great thing about like, we kind of had a bit of a down on technology earlier, but yeah. actually that's a great that's thing. Like, there was a time when it. people yeah. would leave and they would leave for good and yeah. they would not come back or mm. very rarely come back. And now it's like actually... No, they can go to uni and we can yeah. still like message each other and like I think you said you like you would play like online and things yeah, like that. Yeah, we used to play Dan, FIFA like, and, and just chat over a comms. So, like, it was amazing. <laughs> that's great. And I've had like similar experiences yeah. with a friend of mine from high school, you know, and it's so actually there's so much positive about, yeah. about what we can do. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, because uh, you talked about finding a club and mm. kind of a group or an activity to kind of fill up that time that otherwise you yeah, would have spent with maybe like previous kind of friends mm. or friends that would have been around, you know, during, you know, your kind of school years. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's very, it's very easy to get lonely mm. when all of your friends have gone off to uni. Um, and so not that you need to fill it with new people, but you, I think you need to get yourself centered around other like-minded people. And yeah. the best way to do that is to get yourself involved in something that you love. And mm. hopefully the people who are doing it with you love yeah. it as well. So there's a common interest there. Mm. Um, I need to stress though that it cannot replace those really important face-to-face, one-to-one conversations. It can't replace those friendships, mm. but it is an amazing thing to do to create new ones. Um, because uh, some of the, the people that I now now actually speak to are people that I've met in in activities, um, either doing sign language, mm. um, playing football. There's people that I still chat to from my very brief spell playing at Sport in 87. Mm. Um, whether it be church, there's obviously I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for church. Yeah. And, and I think it's so important to have those um, like-minded people around you. Yeah. So was church that lifeline for you when, when people were kind of going off to uni and things like that? Would, did it give you a, a different community to kind of network into or was it kind of already there for you? So it, it was just... It wasn't, it wasn't because okay. there were people that became really central to my life. Yeah. But then there were things like we had um, a youth group called Deeper mm. and all of my, like, all of my friends were there and that was when we went like, you know, we invested in people, each other's lives and that was amazing. But then obviously the people that I kind of used to sit with and, mm. and con- converse with the most all left for uni. Right. And then it was like, oh no, Deeper Now was kind of, 
it's for a younger generation. So mm. it's kind of like that very important group kind of ended for me, mm. but then it moved into something else, which mm. was, so yes, there are pros and cons, um, but the ability to find new people within churches. Like I visited other churches and met new Christians mm. and that was really amazing, again, to create those new friendships. And I imagine that also had an effect on your faith as well. When you yeah. see fellow Christians of the same age kind mm-hmm. of go off and you're kind of, to a certain extent, left behind yeah. in a way. And that must have kind of had some effect. And I'm sure we'll get into that in, yeah. a, in a bit later. So the last thing we want to kind of touch on is, uh, you said to me that, you know, one of the things that you found really helpful is kind of getting organized, yeah. and planning, 100%. you know, time with people, but also time for yourself as yeah. well. So can you kind of uh, elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, getting getting structure in your life is so important because I found myself having some weeks where I was rushed off my feet mm. doing, th- doing things that I loved, yeah. but never ever like being able to get energized yeah. for it all. Um, and then it would fall into the next week and I'd have nothing mm. because I hadn't planned anything or I just crammed everything into one week. And then I found myself getting into that cycle of loneliness again, yeah. which is really difficult. So having regular slots within your week of this is what I do every week or this is my, you know, every third Thursday or whatever yeah. it might be, I go to this. Like, obviously, people who are here today and are regulars of Eden, you're mm. already doing this as amazing um, opportunity for to be around people yeah. that are hopefully like-minded yeah um but you also need to plan for that time where you do reflect and just make sure that you're okay because yeah. i think if you're constantly busy you will never ever kind of come to terms with perhaps things that are going on in your life and you need that rest to recuperate you mm. need you need time um to yeah, just kind of chill out. I've, certainly I do. If I spend my entire yeah. week, um, one of my most stressful weeks recently was the first week of term um, where all the students are coming in. I was working eight till eight most days and I was coming back and, you know, literally just kind of like food, bed, and that just wasn't healthy for me. I had yeah. no time to kind of debrief yeah. almost. Um, and especially if you're someone who's looking into this idea of faith, uh, you really need to be using those times importantly to to debrief with God, yeah. Um, and that's that's so important for your life. If that's something that you're considering and interested in, then yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's a perfect end to our, our interview. So um, thank you so much you're once again. Um, I, I really love your story. I love your honesty and just how humble you are and also just how you know enthusiastic you are to kind of share those those experiences, which I have to imagine also like looking back on them must have been quite difficult to sort of like dredge up again yeah. because you don't want to remember those things necessarily. Um, but obviously it's, it's really um, helped you kind of come to where you are right now. Yeah. And so I suppose in that sense, you feel a sort of sense of peace about all of yeah, all of what definitely. happened and where you're at now and certainly it's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you you know the other evening and also again today so mm-hmm. um can we just get a round of applause for saving again so cheers fun. thanks guys so this is the point where we're going to kind of open it up to you guys. Um, so we're going to have a Q&A uh, session uh, soon. Uh, but if you're listening uh, to us uh, online um, via the podcast, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys tuning in. Uh, we love you as a community. Please continue to tune in every week. And uh, we'll catch you again at our next event uh, coming up soon. So stay tuned for details. Thank you.